Welcome back to the Read the Roster podcast. I'm Ross. And I'm Reed. And this is going to be our week eight review of the NFL as long as or as well as our week nine preview. Uh, please check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Please check us out on our social medias, Read the Roster on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, please leave the show a review. It helps us out a whole lot. Send us questions, thought about thoughts about the episode as well as react to us as these games unfold. We try and pay attention to it as much as we can in order for us to make informed decisions and our picks and thoughts about things that we say on the show. So we're always trying to pay attention in some form or fashion. Please interact with us. Uh, we want to hear what everyone else has to say and uh, just continue to find more and more football fans that want to go on this crazy journey with us because it's been an interesting NFL and college football season this year. Yeah, we're uh, filming this as the Texans and Eagles play, so we'll probably come around to that at the end of it so it gets a little bit further into the game, but have a whole lot of interesting games to look at and we'll do for the foreseeable future in the season. All right, without further ado, let's just jump right into our quick thoughts from week eight. Uh, Ravens beat the Bucks on the road. Uh Bucks need to figure it out, man, because this roster, you know, no matter what me and you continue to say about the O-line, I know we both kind of pay attention to it more since we're previous O-linemen ourselves. Uh, this interior offensive line is garbage, uh, to say the least. And, you know, Donovan Smith, I don't think is garbage by any means, but I don't think he's a top 15 left tackle in the league. But, again, he's serviceable enough to give you decent bookends. This offensive line in the interior is just absolute garbage i mean there's no way around it uh the defensive stands by the ravens later in the game or what ended up giving them the win in this one 27 22 uh and i you know i think there's just cohesion right now or cohesion issues excuse me going on in that locker room plus all the off the still uh, off the field stuff with brady and like head coach Todd Bowles came out and said a lot of these guys are just riding the coattails of that Super Bowl win a couple of years ago and being complacent. So, I, I mean, this has got to be a tough loss for the Bucks, but the Ravens are a good team, so maybe that's just one thing you can hold your hat on, I guess. Yeah, this whole team just kind of looks dysfunctional, especially the offense. I mean, it all start, starts with Brady. And going off what you said about all his – off-season stuff that he has going on and he just finalized or posted on Instagram that they finalized their divorce a week or two ago. So it all starts with him, arguably the GOAT. I don't really think there's many players that you can consider other than him, but it all starts with him and this team is just completely dysfunctional. They're not playing together as a team. They don't have the same talent on the roster like they did a few years ago at this Super Bowl. A lot of guys are older. A lot of guys just aren't playing as well. A lot of guys are injured. Yeah, so so it all starts with Brady. He's got to get it figured out. He's got to get this team put back together. He, and you obviously see him trying when he – there's a few videos going around of him screaming at his offensive line because, I mean, they've been playing terrible. So if he can be that leader, which we all know that he can – Maybe the Bucks can put it back together, but I just don't know. They have a whole lot of negatives going on during the season. Moving on, uh, Panthers at Falcons. Uh, Falcons are in the lead for the NFC South. That's kind of why I brought up the Bucks, especially. Uh, this The end of this game was crazy. You and I were watching it. Deep shot to DJ Moore. You think the Panthers win. Takes his helmet off, gets an unsportsmanlike. Eddie Pinheiro misses the extra point. Falcons come back and kick a field goal to win the game late. 
I mean, you know, it's tough for the Falcons to give up that late touchdown, especially considering, you know, the choking jokes that we've seen for so long. And they almost did it again. But a team could have easily collapsed after that uh, late touchdown. But they stayed focused in overtime and got the win. Uh, as a Falcons fan, you got to be thrilled about this. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts. They've got a pretty interesting schedule going forward, and I know you and I have said something already, but the Falcons could legitimately push for eight, nine wins now. So, huge win for the Falcons. I think the Panthers are better than what people give them credit for. I think the Saints are obviously the worst team in this division right now. Uh, they also lose Michael Thomas for the rest of the year for toe surgery. Uh, but not to get off on too far of a tangent. Good win for the Falcons, uh, and they are your – First place NFC South runner right now. They just kind of play together. And like you said, I mean, we were watching this because we both had players playing this game in fantasy, and it was overall just a really good game. Honestly, what I think the craziest thing all about this is is that a former XFL QB is playing better than a former number one overall pick that went to Oklahoma, and that's P.J. Walker. And honestly, I don't think he's ever played absolutely terrible in any NFL game. He's – ever been in he put the Panthers in a in a winning situation all the kicker had to do was just go out there and do his job and he just didn't do it so PJ you keep PJ Walker as your quarterback you're probably looking a whole lot better than you are with Baker Mayfield but like I said about the Falcons they play together they obviously look like they love Arthur Smith they got Kyle Pitts involved I think he ended with 90 yards and a touchdown Drake London still getting involved and they're literally just rotating that running backs at this point. It's like, and I think Cordero Patterson comes back this week. Yeah. So any running back that steps in, they seem to be doing just fine. And you can accredit that to the offensive line. So from a team that looked to be like the worst team in the NFL to get the number one overall pick might be playoff contenders. Who knows? A uh, couple more. I want to get through. We'll just kind of raffle through some quick thoughts. Raiders get blank 24 to nothing on the road at the Saints. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, this Raiders team is not anything we expected. Devontae Adams had one catch. So, I just – I really don't know what you do if you're the Raiders at this point. There's just so much going wrong, and you would think that it wouldn't, especially with where the Saints are right now. But – you know, good one for the Saints to win a game that they probably could have easily lost, and Raiders got to figure it out immediately. I mean, this – I couldn't have expected this. Like you said, I don't think anybody expected this. They have all the talent in the world on that offense. And I saw something that could be true, could not be true. I mean, it kind of is on Derek Carr. I know Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league, if not the best. Definitely not playing like it this year. But Darren Waller hasn't been much help. Hunter Renfro has been playing pretty terrible. Josh Jacobs has been having a career year since his rookie year. So Derek Carr has been struggling. And this is a guy that people have thought of being maybe the number one underrated quarterback in the league. And now he's kind of proven all that to be false that He's just never been that amazing of a quarterback. And I just, I, like you said, I don't know what they can do to fix it because 
how do you just get rid of Derek Carr, who's been a staple of the Raiders franchise for years? Like, and a big reason why you go after Devontae. Yeah, so something's got to change. It could come with Derek Carr. It could just be Darren Waller's injury prone, Hunter Renfro just having a down year. I have no idea, but like I said, they got to figure it out faster. They're going to absolutely waste Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, and just about every other person on their team if they can't put it together. 49ers on the road at Rams. Uh, This team looks like a completely different unit with Christian McCaffrey on offense. Uh, I think that's going to bode well once Debo is back in the lineup. And even though I think Jimmy Garoppolo has kind of hit his stride as far as, you know, kind of he's hit his max capacity on what he's going to be. As an NFL player, I think he's a little bit overrated. I don't think the 49ers really thought he was going to get into a big-time position this year. They just kept him for depth. But I think the 49ers could push and get a playoff spot. I think they could win the division with where the division is right now. And Christian McCaffrey is a big reason why. I think it just goes back to what I think both of us have agreed on about the Alvin Kamara-Christian McCaffrey thing. I think – They're arguably the two best playmakers, kind of like a point guard at the running back position in the league. You give them the ball, just let them make a play. The 49ers are finally letting Christian McCaffrey get the ball in his hands and just make a play with it like the Panthers obviously weren't doing this year. And look what happens. He has a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. So got to let the big dogs eat, and the 49ers did that and got the win. Giants on the road at Seahawks. The Giants' fairy tale story comes to an end. They finally drop another one uh, to the Seahawks. The Seahawks look really good. I think a big reason why they won this one is because they were the home team. The 12th man is always loud and proud. Uh, I think the Giants and the Seahawks are proving us both wrong. You and I consider them two of the bottom uh, five teams in the league to start the season. And they look impressive week in and week out, playing cohesive. Geno Smith is playing lots out. Uh I think Daniel Jones, even though they lose, and I don't think he had an amazing game, I don't think he's playing like old Daniel Jones right now. Um, I'm really interested to see how the Giants respond to this. Uh, kind of got punched in the mouth a couple of plays, and I'm really interested to see how the Seahawks continue to push forward because if they can get some good wins against the 49ers, I don't know if they played them yet. I don't think so. The Seahawks can make the NFC West pretty interesting. Yeah, they just kind of – Blowing all expectations out of the water. Geno Smith, whose career was thought to be dead in the water, a former West Virginia quarterback, just comes in as a free agent signing and lost the world on fire and is arguably playing like a top 15 quarterback in the league right now. He's playing absolutely lots out. He's getting the ball to his playmakers, and they're winning football games, something that nobody thought they were going to do this year with Geno Smith as their quarterback. Kenneth Walker's been playing amazingly. And like you said, it sucks to see the Giants lose, but from what they were expected to be, not too bad of where they're sitting right now. Last one we'll bring up, and we'll just kind of hit this one quick because this was a pretty embarrassing loss. Uh, Bengals get demolished by the Browns. Uh, The Browns did whatever they wanted to do on the run game. Nick Chubb had a wonderful day. Uh, The Bengals got out-physicaled, and that's being polite. So, uh, good game for Nick Chubb. Bengals have got to figure this thing out because they're way too talented to be where they are right now. 
just sucks to see where they have honestly been at this entire season. I know Joe Burrow's had a few good games the past few weeks, but this week he kind of just reverted back to how it's been all season. I know Jamar Chase wasn't out there, but you still have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon, all absolute playmakers, and you get absolutely embarrassed. I know Nick Chubb is the best running back in the league in our eyes, but still a top three running back, top five minimum if you're an actual fan of football and of the fan of a fan in the NFL. It's just there aren't they aren't the superpower team that people thought they were coming into this year. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they just game planned every single game perfectly up into the Super Bowl and whatever. They were just playing together, wanted a Super Bowl and got hot at the right time. I have no idea, but they obviously aren't putting it all together this year and you're seeing kind of what's happening because of that. All right, man. With that, let's just jump right into week nine. Uh, to start off, we'll kind of give an update of where we are in the Thursday night football game. Eagles-Texans are tied at seven right now with about nine and a half left in the second quarter. Uh, Texans are showing a lot of fight uh, playing physical, uh, but I don't know. I still got to take the Eagles in this one. Uh, just too much talent, and you know maybe they're just underestimating the Eagles or the Texans, excuse me, to start the game. Uh, but I think you and I will see here in a couple of drives as to if that bears fruit or not. Yeah, this running game for the Eagles is obviously the best in the NFL or a top five one in the NFL. This isn't even a game, in my opinion, if Jalen Hurts can kind of get his accuracy down and a few costly turnovers have derailed their drives. But if Jalen Hurts can get his accuracy feeling right, this run game still working. This won't be a game come third, fourth quarter. All right. Sunday, 1 o'clock, Chargers at Falcons. This game is a whole lot more interesting than I think you and I either of us thought it would be. Uh, Mike Williams is out. I think Ken Allen is still out. Rashawn Slater is out. Uh, I think Joey Bosa is still out. J.C. Jackson is done. This Chargers team has been decimated by injuries. I think the Chargers have a ton of offensive skill talent. But with the way the Falcons are playing right now, if they're able to key in on Austin Eckler, I just don't think the Chargers have enough depth at wide receiver to, to really open it up too, too much against the Falcons, who, like I said, are playing really good defense. Uh, Chargers are favored by three, and I think that's because of all the injuries and how well the Falcons are playing right now. I'm going to have to take the Falcons. Uh, just showing complete resiliency week after week. Nobody quits. And I think if Cordero Patterson comes back with injuries on defense, I think the Falcons offense could have another decent day. Shocking. We're going to have a disagreement on the first one of the podcast, but I'm going to have to take the chargers. I love Justin Herbert. Like you said, if Austin Eckler can get going, he's an absolute touchdown machine. I know they're not big star players, but, the Chargers still have Joshua Palmer, Jalen Gotten, who Justin Herbert has proved he loves to go to the deep ball with. Gerald Everett, who has been a big time wide or a big time target for Justin Herbert this year. I think the last few games he's gotten anywhere from six to ten targets, which is pretty crazy considering what Gerald Everett was getting last year at the Seahawks. So I think there's still a few weapons out there that Justin Herbert loves. Like you said, the defense is looking pretty rough as of right now, but 
I think there's still a few pretty good pieces in there to kind of keep the Falcons stymied and able to stop them on third and longs and get them off the field. So I'm going to have to take Justin Herbert. Next, we got Dolphins on the road at Bears. Miami favored by five. Uh, Lions gave them a run for their money last week, led for most of the game, and made the made the Dolphins earn it. So what do you got in this one? I'm going to make it pretty simple and quick. I just don't think the Chicago Bears are a good football team. Justin Fields is absolutely bombed in the NFL as of right now. I know he doesn't have a great team around him, but some of the decisions that he makes are just not that good. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are the the best, if not top three, wide receiver deals in the league. The speed is absolutely killer. I think I saw something the other day that Tyreek Hill is on pace for 2,000 receiving yards and Jalen Waddle is on pace for 1,500. So it's kind of hard to, got, to guard all those guys, especially with Mike Gesicki at tight end. So I think this could be a game where the Dolphins win by 14 to 21 points. I'm with you. I think the Lions just show fight just because of who their coach is, A, and also because I think the Lions are a better team than their record shows. I actually think the Lions should have the Bears record at 3-5. and five. I think that is kind of more accurate of how the teams have played. I think the Bears have just gotten lucky. I just don't think this, this Bears defense is ready for what the Miami Dolphins are going to throw at them. And, I mean, yeah, you challenge – Dallas on the road last week, but I don't know. There's just too many holes for me to trust that the Bears can continue to do that at a consistent level. I think the Dolphins are going to get their head back on track, and I think they get their sixth win of the year. Next, we've got Panthers on the road at Bengals. Bengals favored by a touchdown. I just don't think you can count out the Panthers with the way that they play uh, on defense at times, and the inconsistency of the Bengals has me kind of concerned. Jamar Chase, again, on IR right now with his hip. Um Joe Burrow seems to really lean on Tyler Boyd right now. I think he's going to continue to try and get Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon involved in the passing game. The front seven for the Panthers is impressive, and I think with the offensive line concerns, I just think seven is too many points. Um, I'm really nervous about this matchup uh, because Joe Burrow is my fantasy quarterback. Uh the Panthers are just going to come ready to play. I mean, ever since Matt Rule left, it's like all of a sudden the team has got fire to play for one another. And I think they're also kind of rallying behind P.J. Walker, something you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier. I think the Bengals win. I think seven is too high for the spread. If they win, they win barely. But I think the Panthers have a legitimate shot to win this. Like you said, I mean, I'm just going to have to go with kind of both teams could easily be flip-flopping because of what I saw from – Deontay Foreman last week, I mean, the Panthers absolutely dominated on the ground. Three touchdowns, 110 yards for Deontay Foreman. They absolutely dominated. He was getting huge chunk yards. And I think the Bengals' front is worse than the Atlanta Falcons. Could be a hot take. I have no idea. But P.J. Walker played an absolutely great game. D.J. Moore's a great deep threat. Like you said, I think the Bengals – win this one, but I don't think it's by a lot. Expect a ton of fight from this Panthers team. I think it comes down to a field goal win. Next, we got Packers on the road at the Lions. Um, I'm going to let you go first. Packers favored by three and a half. This is a terrible game. Two terrible teams. I'm kind of going to say what I had to say about the last one. 
wouldn't be surprised if either of these teams win. The Lions have been absolutely riddled with injuries, which is why I think they have such a bad record. If they have are completely healthy the whole year, I think this is a 3-4 win team pretty easily. But I still think they're kind of feeling those injuries. I think Amon Ra got hurt in his game back. I think DeAndre Swift is still hurt. So with the recent involvement of A.J. Dillon, or not A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, and Romeo Dubs kind of playing a little bit better, I'm going to have to take the Packers. But like you said, with the spread, I don't think it gets much more out of hand than three or seven. But I really wouldn't be surprised if the Lions win this game. I'm actually going to go the Lions with this one. I, I agree with you that the injuries have been a problem. And not having a Monroe is a, is a problem. I think DJ Chark is also still out. And you also just traded away TJ Hawkinson, so you have one less crutch to lean on. But the Packers just look rough. I mean, they just got embarrassed by the Packers. Or they got embarrassed by the Bills. So, I mean... You know, maybe you bounce back and have a better performance than what you had against the Bills, but you're on the road in Detroit. Detroit's going to be motivated to knock you off and continue your weird season. Um, if Amon Ra plays, I'm even more confidently saying the Lions. I'm just going with the Lions because I have a gut feeling that the Packers are just going to keep this weird season going. I don't know how else to really make that make sense. It's just a gut feeling that I'm rocking with. I think obviously Green Bay can win. But something in my gut is just telling me to go Lions here, so that's what I'm doing. Next, we got Colts on the road at Patriots. Patriots got a huge win last week against the Jets. Kind of weird. Didn't really expect that. The Jets, I think, just played terrible on offense more than anything. But the Patriots defense did step step up and come to play. The Colts obviously get run all over by Derrick Henry. Wait, was that last week? No, that wasn't last week. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. They played the Texans last week, and he ran all over the Texans. Well, he, yeah, he ran all over somebody. I mean, that just that just kind of happens at this point. Uh, the Colts played the Commanders and suffered a really tough loss. I mean, you can't really get around that last-second loss. Taylor Heineke is just that guy. I mean, there's just no way around that one. He should be their starting quarterback and has should been since he went toe-to-toe with Brady in their playoff game. I don't know why. I get trying to go. Carson Wentz is just terrible. i say I get – Trying to go get a former MVP candidate and a guy who led his team to a Super Bowl, but Taylor Heineke just got something about him. And I think the team plays behind him more. Not to completely go off the rails with that one, though. I think the Colts actually do enough on defense to where Mac Jones just is going to be uncomfortable this game. I don't know what happened last week with the Jets. That was just kind of an out of pocket thing, in my opinion. I think they're way better than the Patriots, and they should have won. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know how else to say. I just, the Patriots shouldn't have four wins. Mac Jones is just not that guy. I think Bailey Zappi proved that he should have been the starter. Yeah, he had his lumps, but I mean, the guy's a rookie. So you kind of have to be okay with that. I mean, even though Davis Mills is the tar- starter for the Texans right now, he had his lumps in his rookie season, and he's still getting an opportunity. Mac Jones, I mean, he just – it's just kind of ugly, the the inconsistencies, the back and forth, the will he, won't he be good today. Um, I just kind of rock with Bailey Zappi. I think he gives you a better chance to win. I think the offense looks better with him on his full force. But I think the Colts do enough defensively the way they're going to make Mike Jones uncomfortable. I think the Colts offense can get going against this Patriots defense. 
Uh, Patriots are favored by five, but I'm going to take the Colts in this one. It's really tough to decide this one because I'm pretty sure Sam Allinger is still the quarterback for the Colts. He didn't play terrible. I just don't think that he had much help. Michael Pitt or Michael Pittman didn't play a great game. Jonathan Taylor's been non-existent this year besides his first game. They just traded away Naheem Hines. I do want to pick the Colts because, like you said, I think their defense is really good at times. I think they've struggled a lot more this year than in years past. But for some odd reason, I want to take the Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson's just been playing out of his mind this year, and they do have Damian Harris kind of on the back burner right now. But Ramondre, I'm going to have faith in Ramondre Stevenson that they just get the ground game going. Like you said, Mac Jones isn't a great quarterback, but I think Ramondre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers. Who's looked amazing this season. Kendrick Bourne. They might be able to get it done. And they still got some studs on the defensive side of the ball. They still have Matt Judon. They have the – They have Jabril Peppers now. Jabril Peppers. They have – who's that corner that we talked about? Jack Jones. Jack Jones. So, I'm going to surprisingly take the Patriots, but kind of like the spread says, I don't think it's much more than five. So, I'm going to take the Patriots. Next up, we got Bills Jets. Um like I said before, Bills just kind of came in and did whatever they wanted to do against the Packers. I know the score wasn't really out of hand, but, I mean, the Bills never lost sight of that game, in my opinion. You get some garbage time points late. I don't know. Anyway, the the Jets suffered a tough loss last week to the Patriots. I think they're going to come out swinging, but the Bills are the Bills at the end of the day. that's I mean, that that's all there is for me to say. They're favored by 12 for a reason in this one. I'm going Bills, not overthinking it. Josh Allen is playing like the best quarterback in the league this year. I'm not saying that he is for sure. I think you you got to consider Pat Mahomes in that conversation. And I just think we're in line for them to play in the AFC Championship game again. So give me the Bills. Even though the Jets have been a nice story this year, they're going to drop to 5-4 and four after this week. Yeah, I'm going to make mine short and simple. The Bills are the best team in the league. I know the Eagles are still undefeated as of right now, and it looks like they're going to remain undefeated as they just went up 14-7 against the Texans. But I still think the Bills are the best team in the league. They're playing amazing on offense. Their defense is really good. They have players all over the field. And for a team that changes running backs and drafts running backs and signs running backs as much as the Bills, their running backs are still playing great, still putting up production. Yeah, I'm just I think they're the best team in the NFL, and I just don't think there's any slowing them down, really. This next one's actually more interesting than I would have said it was a couple of uh, weeks ago. Vikings on the road in Washington uh, against the Commanders. Uh, the Commanders, even though they only got a one-point win against the Colts last week, I think have played – or they played better with Taylor Haneke at quarterback. I think that's going to continue. There's a relationship he's established with Terry McLaurin. They trust each other. I just don't think you can rely on Carson Wentz's inconsistencies to have you win multiple games, and I think we're going to see that with Taylor Haneke now in the lineup. The Vikings, I think, are the second-best team in the NFC right now. I don't think 
there's really much question. You've got too much firepower on offense to really not put them in consideration. Plus, they are six and one, and they're only losses to the Eagles, who are undefeated. I really like Justin Jefferson. Obviously, I think the defense is a little bit underrated right now because they just they also have their own injuries and they're trying to fight through it. But like I said, man, the Commanders got fought. I think the defense can play well enough. I'd, I'm ready to see what this Vikings defense can do against Scary Terry, Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel flying all over the field. Plus, you got to worry about Logan Thomas in the middle. You still got J.D. McKissick, who I think is a good uh, good player in his own right. Plus, Taylor Honeke's just got that escapability, too, and the toughness and the grit like he, play, he proved in that playoff game you talked about a minute ago. I am going to take Minnesota, but they're only favored by three for a reason. So, if you really want to watch an interesting game, I'd pay attention to this one. Even the commanders in this one, big fan of Taylor Heineke, big fan of Curtis Samuel, big fan of Terry McLaurin, big fan of Antonio Gibson, big fan of Brian Robinson, big fan of J.D. McKissick. Of playmakers everywhere. Logan Thomas, not a bad tight end. Their defense is okay. And the Vikings have proved they're going to go as far as Justin Jefferson can take them because Dalvin Cook has not been that good this year. I don't know what's been wrong. I don't know if it's injuries, this offensive line playing bad, anything like that, but easily give me the commanders. Love Taylor Heineke. I think he's got that grit that's going to carry him to victory. This one is probably going to be as uncomfortable as a game as the Packers and Lions, in my opinion. Raiders on the road at Jaguars. Uh, this is just a battle of ugly teams, man. I don't know what else to say. I think you know, ATN finally got going now that James Robinson's not in the picture anymore. But I don't know if the Jacksonville defense is going to be able to keep up with Devontae Adams. But then again, I thought the same thing, honestly, with the Saints last week. This is just going to be interesting all the way around. I don't, I honestly don't know which way to go. And the betters don't either because Vegas is only favored by one and a half. I mean, I'm going to pick one because I have to. But. Top to bottom, the Raiders should win this game based on what they have. So I'm going to go Raiders, but that is with a .01 confidence. I very think I, Jaguars could win this easily. And with how bad the Raiders have played, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. It's a really tough one, honestly, to decide. I kind of wanted to pick Jacksonville just because – ETN's been going absolutely crazy the past few weeks, but they've really been no output from their wide receivers. And there's no way Devontae Adams goes another game with only one catch. I think they need to get Josh Jacobs going more because he's been absolutely on a tear this season. Like I said, there's no way Devontae only gets one catch again. He's going to be some sort of factor. And the Jags just aren't that good of a football team. Give me the Raiders. I think if Josh Jacobs can dominate on the ground, this isn't really a close game. Next, we got Seahawks on the road at Cardinals. I'm going to stand by what I said earlier. I think the Seahawks are going to make the NFC West really interesting, but Arizona is favored by two. What do you got? I do want to pick the Seahawks because I'm not that big a fan of Kyler Murray, but ever since D-Hop's been back, uh, he's just been on another level, and you can really see why. I mean, D-Hop is considered the best wide receiver before he got injured or not before he got suspended. And then after his first year, Carol or at the Cardinals, 
he's considered top three wide receiver, top one wide receiver in some people's eyes. So Kyler Murray's been playing out of his mind with D Hop back in the lineup. I think he's had a hundred yards in multiple games since he's been back. Like I said, I don't really want to pick the Cardinals because I'm not that big a fan of Kyler Murray, but him and D Hop have just been a dynamic duo so far this year. See, that's the thing that keeps hanging me up with this game is the fact that D Hop is on the other sideline. But the weapons for the Seahawks, I think, can challenge this Cardinals defense enough to keep it interesting. Now, also, the Seahawks have beat the Cardinals already. But this is at Arizona, and the Seahawks don't play as well on the road. So I think that can play well into uh, the Cardinals' favor. I'm going to lean Seattle because I've seen them beat the Cardinals. And I think they're just motivated to play well because everybody slotted them after the fact that Russell Wilson left. So... Like I said, go ahead and give me the Seahawks. I would not be surprised, though, if the Cardinals are able to pull this one out at home. Next up, we've got Rams on the road at Bucks. Wow, our past two Super Bowl champs look rough this year. What you thinking? Give me the Rams in another dirty game. I'm really not confident either of these teams winning this football game, but I feel like the Rams have looked more solid. I guess. I mean, Cooper Cup's still looking like a top five wide receiver in the league. The Bucks are just dysfunctional. Leonard Fournette's played okay. Mike Evans, I think, got hurt or was out one of the games, but he's been playing pretty good. But it's just an ugly game all around. I wouldn't be surprised if either team won this football game, but give me Cooper Cup and the Rams in this one. I think Aaron Donald's going to have a field day, but I also think that if Chris Godwin is closer to healthier Chris Godwin, that Brady could find a way to keep them in this football game. Cause I think the Ravens defense overall is better top to bottom than the Rams is right now. And Brady was able to keep them in it. The Rams are traveling. So I am going to go bucks bucks are favored by three. I think Aaron Donald is going to have a big day. Because, like I said, man, this interior offensive line is just painful for me to watch. I'm just so undecided. I'm just so undecided. I really cannot pick one way or the other. Plus, the like the disgruntled nature of Cam Akers right now, I just don't think Daryl Henderson's enough to keep, you know, the past game not the focus for the Bucks. Bucks are playing at home. Just give me the Bucks. I think they. I think they go to uh, four and five. I think they're able to refocus and and get the win in this one. I am actually super excited for this game because the Titans were able to bounce back after a rough 0-2 start, and they look a lot better. Um, And I think the way these teams operate match up well against each other. Titans on the road at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by 12.5. But, yeah, like I said, I think they match up well against each other and make this for a good Sunday night football game. What do you got, bud? I do think they match up well against each other, but every single time that we've seen the Chiefs play them in a time that it counts, they get absolutely blown out. But when it comes down to the regular season, it seems like they're always head-to-head, evenly matched. It's going to be a great football game. It's just Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill just aren't the quarterbacks, I feel like, to get this done. you can. And I said this last week on the podcast – 
Derrick Henry owns Houston Texans. I think the Houston Texans could have the best defense in the NFL, and he could still run for 200 yards and three touchdowns on them. He absolutely owns the Houston Texans organization, but when you don't have that absolutely fire in the backfield with Derrick Henry, I just don't think you can rely on Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis to make the plays that Patrick Mahomes can, and I think they could potentially run away with this one if they shut down Derrick Henry. So give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I'm also going to take Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, but my thing is is I, I just think this running game matches up well with what the, the Chiefs can do on defense. I know you had Justin Reed. I know you had Carl Loftus to kind of help you in the run game also. But they're still not amazing in run defense. Uh, that's just never really been the Chiefs thing. They're they're all about pressure, and I think their pass defense is better now that Daniel Sorensen isn't having to be out there. Uh, I for I think this is going to be a pretty good game. I think the Chiefs win by about ten points, uh, but I think this one's kept pretty interesting all the way through. I think Derrick Henry is going to have himself a game, but I also think Pat Mahomes is going to have himself a game. But I think the Titans' defense show up and play, and I think they keep this a little bit lower scoring. Like I think maybe the Chiefs stay in the low thirties. Titans are able to get up to maybe 27, 28 points. Um, like I said, I'm going to. I'm going to rock with the Chiefs. I think they could win by about 7 or 10, but I'm, I got a feeling that the Titans can keep this one close and make them earn it. Lastly, we got our Monday Night Football matchup, Ravens on the road at Saints. I think I'm going to have to lean Ravens pretty heavy in this one, even though Baltimore's only favored by three points, wildly enough. I just think the Saints are kind of a mess right now. I think the offense looks better with Andy Dalton back there than it did with, uh, with Jameis Winston, but... Again, you lose Michael Thomas. Jarvis Landry isn't the same receiver he used to be. Chris Olave is good, and, you know, Kamara went off. That's great. But I just think the Ravens are going to be ready for that now. Uh, Kamara's just kind of been waiting for his going-out party after a pretty rough start of the season. I just think there's too much that the Ravens can do, and I think the Saints just aren't as good as they normally are on defense. So I think that plays well into everything the Ravens are going to try and do. I think Lamar's going to have a big day. I think Mark Andrews is going to have a big day. It's tough to lose Rashad Bateman, but I think I think the Ravens have enough to get it done. Give me the Ravens. It is tough for me to go against the Saints because I always feel like they have a chance to win, but that's also probably with the mentality of they had Sean Payton and Drew Brees for so many years, and they just don't have that anymore. So it's tough for me to go against the Saints, but I'll easily have to pick the Ravens. Their offense looks absolutely insane. Like you said, Sucks to lose Rashad Bateman, but Devin Duvernay has been playing really good. They have Isaiah Likely, Mark Andrews, arguably playing like the best tight end in football right now. And I'm not saying he's a Pro Bowl caliber or superstar player by any means, but Marcus Robinson has stepped in and, and made plays when he's needed to. So he's been a nice crutch, and James Prochet has made some nice catches here and there too. So Lamar's pretty good at working with what he's got. And with the addition of Rokon Smith on the defense, I think it's just going to add a whole new level of intensity and firepower to this team as a whole. So look out for the Ravens to catch fire here in the next few games and try to make a playoff run. So kind of a quicker episode, but that's going to wrap up our preview for Week 9. Not as many crazy big-time matchups, but I think that'll start getting a little better as we progress. Uh, One thing you and I have continually forgotten to do, and – We'll make sure to try and keep 
keep true to this going forward. We need to do a big dog of the week for our teams last week. I'll go first. I easily got to give it to my guy, A.J. Brown. He absolutely bodied all day long. Just catch after catch after catch. Three touchdown passes looked amazing, made the Steelers look ridiculous. Um, I'm really glad he's on my fantasy team. That's all I got to say. But, yeah, six catches, 156 yards, and three touchdowns. Philly's really glad they used the first-round pick to get him. And Titans picked on lost in that trade. So, it is rough to see the Eagles struggling right now with the Texans. It is currently 14-14 going into the halftime. They could probably get a field goal right here, but it's looking like a really good game. I don't know why you're letting a 1-5 and five Texans team stick around, but, hey, it's pro football. Anything can happen. But my big dog of the week will obviously have to go to Deontay Foreman. Lose Kirsten McCaffrey. He stepped in big the first week after he's gone and then stepped up even bigger getting 110 with Chuba Hubbard out, Chuba Hubbard out, whatever. Come back, get 110 yards and three touchdowns and look really good while doing it. A man that's never been a starting running back until now. And their offensive line was playing absolutely crazy. So he carried this team, got it done. That's my big dog of the week. And two, I mean, the Falcons front seven has played a lot better this year. And they're, I would say they're they're easily top 20. They might be fringing on top 15 in the league. So don't discount the fact that he got some tough earned yards there. I mean, they're playing – that defense is playing more cohesive and they're playing pretty decent against the run. So for him to be able to make a performance like that is pretty impressive. Like I said, it is a little bit shorter of an episode. Uh, again, sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm hoping they're fixed now. Uh, we really appreciate everybody sticking with us. Please review the show. It helps us a whole lot. Please interact with us on our social medias. Get the word out. Share this podcast with anybody you know. We want to. We're going to keep doing this thing. Our schedules are pretty crazy, but him and I are both pretty committed to doing this. We love football. Love talking football to each other. So why not just add microphones into the mix? Like I said, so that that makes us pretty motivated to keep this thing going. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Read the roster on Facebook and Twitter interact with us in all kinds of ways and it's like i said it's going to be a pretty interesting week nine nothing too top heavy or anything like that but like reed said then it feels crazy anything can happen any week talk to you soon